Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff, and thank you again for uh, joining me. If you're new here, um, you know, welcome, and uh, hopefully we got some good information for you guys to uh, get started in investing. And uh, if you've been here a while, you probably noticed that our uh, podcast cover changed. The artwork changed a little bit. Uh, something I was kind of working on um, with Fiverr. I uh, found a designer that uh, could do a little bit better than what I could obviously do with uh, my little to limited knowledge of uh, graphic design. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I use Fiverr and they, uh, you know, provide uh, freelance designers around the world uh, for any real different need, uh, whether it be for podcasts or logo design, business cards, uh, short videos, introductions to, uh, uh, you know, like YouTube videos. They've, they've got someone that can handle uh, any kind of graphic design type thing. Uh, you know, so not, not a stock that I own, a service that I have used a few times. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it worked well for me. I've, and like I said, I've, I've, you know, come back to it time and time again. So uh, obviously I'm, I'm happy using the service, but just not uh, something I've really looked to invest in per se. But, uh, you know, if you are interested, it's uh, F-I-V-E-R-R.com or the ticker is F-V-R-R. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty cool service. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, as always, thank you for, uh, stopping in. Thank you for, um, you know, continuing to share. And, uh, you know, if you are listening on iTunes or Apple, uh, I believe on there, you can, um, leave a review and, uh, that does definitely help with the algorithm to, you know, share to other like-minded people that are looking for an investing podcast. It would, uh, possibly, bump us up and get, uh, let it grow into someone else's, uh, podcast feed. So if you're on there, uh, you know, and you can leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, you know, just, uh, basically looking at a couple different things in the market and, uh, a couple things that are new as of today, October 19th, uh, we have the new Bitcoin ETF, uh, the first one has been approved by the SEC, and now that's the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, basically oversees stocks and uh, funds and things like that. Um, now, this Bitcoin ETF isn't necessarily what I wanted. It's a step in the right direction, but um, you know, this one doesn't actually hold Bitcoin. This one is going to be trading the futures contracts uh, and they're going to buy and sell the contracts on a monthly basis. And you're basically um, buying a, a share of this ETF that is owning the contracts. Um, so they're it, more or less they're they're swapping them uh, monthly. Um, it's pretty much in and out and they are trading off of those future prices of the contract. So they do not hold Bitcoin. Um, you know, so it's exposure to Bitcoin, 
It's not holding Bitcoin. Uh, it does, um, you know, help some different people get some exposure. Uh, I definitely noticed that yesterday when it was approved, um, that Coinbase was uh, kind of rallying on the news. I think it was up something like 5%. And uh, some of the other blockchain uh, companies, I'm sure MicroStrategies and uh, some of the other people who hold a lot of Bitcoin uh, probably saw a bit of a bump as well. Um, but like I said, it's not exactly what I, not to say that not what I wanted, but what I really want to see is an ETF that actually holds crypto. Uh, the SEC hasn't approved that yet. So this is a first step. Uh, so I guess, you know, it's a baby step in that right direction of where we're going. And uh, I think when that ETF that actually holds these cryptos comes out, we're going to see much more of a pop um, you know, so it, it is something to take a look at the, the ticker. Uh, I think I mentioned it, but it's B-I-T-O. Um, and it is a, that futures contract uh, for Bitcoin. Uh, other news, we had uh, a downgrade on Disney uh, based on some slowing um, streaming numbers. And it was down about 5% yesterday. And uh, I actually did buy a little bit more. I bought a couple shares. And, uh, you know, it's... You know, you're coming out of this tough period to beat, right? We had uh, Disney Plus launched uh, late 2019. So they had just, you know, record growth, a new, new platform coming into the pandemic. They've had, uh, you know, a year and a half of people signing up and, you know, the numbers were great. So now, you know, we had a bit of a slowing in those numbers. Um you know, I, I really think more people are going to be going to the parks. You know, the park is fully reserved. They're doing some updates there uh, for some different pass things to, uh, you know, get through the park a little bit quicker, some upgrades to that service. Uh, you know, we've also got the travel ban being lifted uh, November 8th. So we're going to have more uh, travelers from abroad in the U.S. going to these parks. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that's going to help as well. But yes, the, the growth numbers from the streaming are slowing. Um, you know, we had some production problems with things last year, which affected both Disney and Netflix. People were still signing up to these platforms just because I, I think everyone was at home. And they really just wanted something to watch. Uh, and now, you know, we're kind of getting out of that, um, you know, being stuck at home, we're, we're out a little bit more. Uh, production's coming back, but maybe the viewers aren't as ready to spend on sitting at home when they'd rather go out or go to the, you know, to a Disney park or, you know, do anything other than what we've been stuck doing for the past year and a half. Uh, I don't see it as a major problem. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm understanding that, uh, you know, you, we're competing with very tough comps from numbers from last year for some of these companies. And uh, I think that's kind of where I'm at with Disney is, you know, we've, we've got these tough numbers we're going up against. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to find that way forward. And I really believe in Disney long term. So uh, I did buy, like I said, and I think that going forward, this is a, it's a long term position for me. This is not a trade. This is something I plan to hold. Um, so I'll buy on this little bit of weakness. I'll buy this 5% pullback. Um, you know, it, it certainly 
does not scare me for the overall health of Disney as a company. And, uh, you know, we still got going into to Christmas or holidays and we've got uh, all types of Dis- Disney products are going to be uh, sold. And I'm sure, you know, people are going to be planning vacations and things like that. So we're, we've got, uh, you know, still quite a bit of backlog in the supply chain. We've got uh, a record number of freighters off of the California coast. I think we have something like a hundred uh, freighters, freight ships that are uh, anchored off the coast. And that sets a new high from like the end of September, which I believe was like 92 ships. So uh, hopefully we can get more of those people back to work. Um, you know, as the Delta variant kind of cools, hopefully more people are getting their kids back to school and then can go back to work and the, and the ports or, you know, making these products or shipping things like that. You know, so as those supply chain problems uh, ease, I think we'll be in a better spot. Um, you know, we do have, uh, some negative news left out there, but I think overall we are looking for positive news at this point. Uh, in the fact that we've had so much negative news that it's all pretty much baked in. Um, you know, everyone understands the Delta variant supply chain, um, you know, regulations, infrastructure bill hiccups, problems like that. And, you know, as far as like even the the semiconductor shortage, everyone understands that's there. Everything is taking longer from furniture to automobiles to uh, food to to everything is just taking longer right now. Uh, So if someone says that, you know, it's going to be another three week delay on semiconductors, everyone's like, you know, just kind of shrug it off like, "Eh, okay, oh, well, versus if we do get. I feel that if we do get some positive news that, oh man, the, can, the semiconductors are going to be here three weeks ahead of time. I think that news is going to be more like, oh man, okay, we're on track. We're doing something right versus another three week delay. So I guess my point is when that positive news rolls in, you're going to see these companies react more to the upside than more to the downside with similar news. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've seen that in some of the growth stocks, we are rotating back to growth in a lot of places. Um, you know, if, um, if you were listening to some of the older episodes when they were coming out, um, talking about, uh, Enphase or Tesla or, uh, even Lucid's coming back, uh, Qualcomm, you know, Qualcomm's up. 10 bucks from last Tuesday when I recorded last Thursday's episode. We're up 10, pretty much 10%, uh, a bit shy of 10%, but in a week. Uh, And that's, you know, that's a chip play. So if these uh, have made you money and uh, if you were ready to buy when when I was talking about them and I was looking at these trends and what's going on, uh, cheers to you. Uh, Hopefully you're making a good amount of money out there. And, uh, you know, Tesla, that, you know, I was recommending in the 500s and 600s, you know, we're, we're 870 now, and that is over a few months. Uh, that's, that's a big swing. And I still think we're going to hit that 900 mark that I called for a couple of months ago. Um, by the end of the year, I, I, you know, we're, we're pretty much there. I, I would count it as a win if we stopped right now and just coasted through the end of the year at 880. That's, that's right where I thought we would be. 
Um, you know, I'm still holding Tesla as my largest position. Uh, hopefully you've got some in your portfolio. Uh, you know, I think Tesla is a great thing to be holding for the next five, 10 years, uh, along with Apple and Microsoft, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all those. I think everyone should have some exposure, um, you know, in one way or another. But um, they all have been doing really well here lately. The, the crypto space is doing well. Um, you know, this uh, ETF has helped a little bit, but uh, it had already kind of been up before that. Um, so I'm definitely seeing great returns in crypto. Uh, my crypto.com uh, earn platform just went over uh, went over $1,000 in that earn platform that I'm getting the interest on. And I've had that there about five, six months. So I've earned $1,000 in, in that five month period. And, uh, you know, it's, it's done really well. I'm pretty happy with the returns there. I'm glad I found that platform. Uh, I do have the link in the description. I know there's other ones that do uh, staking. Uh, I know Gemini and BlockFi do similar uh, platforms. For me, like I said, the crypto.com has been working well. Um, but also we've got, um, what other news did we have? We had Apple bringing out some new products. Uh, AirPods, two new MacBooks. We have different uh, processors, the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. Um, and they did have a hiccup with the iPhone 13s. Uh, they're going to be uh, short this year as far as how many they're going to be able to produce. And now that is with um, some of the chip shortage. Uh, specifically, they address chip shortages from Texas Instruments. And uh, Broadcom, AVGO is Broadcom, TXN is Texas Instruments, both very good companies. Um, you know, I had talked about Broadcom before, and that had been one of my bigger chip plays, as well as uh, LAM Research, LRCX. And, um, you know, there's, there's some other smaller ones, or not even smaller ones, but that don't pay a dividend. But uh, Broadcom is going to pay you 2.86%. Uh, the PE is a bit higher right now at 37. But uh, this is one that it had dropped. And uh, I did pick up some a while back. And uh, I did add to this position uh, throughout the beginning of the pandemic because it was down near the $200 mark. So now being up at uh, 510, I'm doing uh, very well on this position, and I do see it continuing. I do not think these Apple sales are going to be sales lost. Uh, we've talked about that before. I think it's going to be sales delayed. So these uh, sales will be still there, uh, just delayed a little bit in the fact that I think as they produce these phones early into 2022, uh, people are going to be picking up those phones then rather than switching to another platform. I, I think most people that are on Apple at this point are staying with Apple and, uh, you know, vice versa. I think Android users are pretty much staying with Android at this point. Uh, so, you know, I still think Broadcom has a, uh, a good bit of room to run, uh, as well as Texas Instruments. Uh, I don't know mu as much about Texas Instruments, but uh, I do know that they have been paying a dividend for quite some time. They are known for decent uh, dividend um, growth and, uh, you know, in a rising dividend payment. So definitely a, a stock that you could also look at if you're looking for these um, chip plays. 
And now when we're looking at uh, chip plays that have a little um, more growth potential with less dividends, uh, I'm looking at companies like AMD, NVIDIA, uh, NVDA, or uh, even Micron, MU, uh, in that chip space that uh, they're going to be a little bit more of your high flyers. Um, but yeah, they don't pay that dividend. So I'm in, like I said, Broadcom, uh, LAM Research. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Tesla numbers looking good. Tesla is going to be, um, excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, Tesla is going to be reporting numbers tomorrow for their quarter. Uh, I'm hoping we continue to see some of the rise in the, the Chinese uh, sales and China sales and also um, U.S. as well. But they had posted last week a preview on earnings and said that they were doing uh, a record number in China. Uh, I hope that the, uh, the Model S rollout is going well for them at this point uh, in the States with some of the new models that they're coming out with. I definitely think that they have a lot more room to run. Uh, I had said 900. Uh, I'm looking on some of the recommendations from the analysts, and I do see a high target of 1,200. Um, but the majority of them are in between 900 and 1,000. And uh, all the new, new analyst price targets, some of the older ones are still a good bit lower because this one's run up so quick. But the new ones are uh, 800 to to 1200. So definitely some room to run. Uh, I still think that those numbers are going to be coming in strong. They seem to have their chip, uh, semiconductor chip uh, affairs in order to where they are able to produce these and they don't have the hiccups that some of the other companies have had in the automotive space. So, you know, I definitely think they've got some room to run. It looks like they're managed well and uh, they've got a, bu a bunch of different uh, angles that they're uh, looking to grow into. So definitely one that I would uh, feel comfortable holding. Uh, I do. I did say a while back that I sold off a few shares. Uh, and that was to raise some cash. Uh, this is still my largest position. It's going to stay my largest position uh, for some time. I don't plan on selling. And uh, unless some of these other ones that are a close second or third my Apple or Microsoft positions grow rapidly. Um, I don't think they're going to catch uh, my Tesla position right now. So I'm overweight, I'm bullish, and uh, I'm ready to see Tesla at 3000 by 2025, right along with uh, Kathy Wood of the ARK Fund. That's what uh, her target was, of, at least a few months ago it was. I haven't checked back in on that number, but uh, I definitely think we got a lot more room to run, and I'm going to stay long this one. But... Uh, I will be right back after this quick message. All right, guys. So we had talked about, uh, you know, some of the names that have a lot of growth that we've been waiting for it to turn around. Um, you know, one of them being SoFi, uh, phase. I know we talked a lot about those. Uh, SoFi, I definitely think that, uh, you know, this one's got a lot more room to go as well. I do think that... Uh, I would like to add some more to this name. Uh, it's a good size position for me. I was hoping to add more in that $14 to $15 range. Uh, when it was in the $16, $17 range, I was really hoping for a drop to add a few more shares. Uh, that didn't happen. It just rolled right up. You know, Now we're at $20.38. So we are up 
30 to 40 percent right now from these lows uh, from only about six weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, definitely looking at that one. I hope you guys got in on it. Um, you know, if you did, cheers to you and, uh, you know, high fives and all for everyone. We definitely did well on that one. Uh, you know, we even got PayPal rolling up nicely. Uh, some of the ones that aren't really doing so hot, we have uh, DraftKings and ABML that have been uh, lagging behind. Um, you know, DraftKings with that Entain deal and that uh, that $20 billion that they're looking to spend on Entain has definitely put a damper on that one. Once that gets uh, sorted out, if they're buying it or not, I think we'll we'll have a little bit more clarity. Um, as to where we're going with that one, uh, ABML did uh, raise some debt. Um, they, they raised some capital by issuing debt. Uh, so what did they do here? I'm just taking a look. They, I'm trying to think how much they, I'm not finding that number, but they had uh, raised capital and uh, issued stock for it, I believe. So that one diluted the shares a little bit. And uh, brought the, the value of the shares down, but it also that gave them that money to further build out their facility and have a partner going forward for further expansion. Um, so, you know, I, I do understand where they got to raise this cash to uh, be operational and be fully functional. It does kind of burn in the short term. I think overall it's going to be a good partnership. But, uh, you know, we will see how that goes going forward. Um, I've had my eye on this one for quite some time. I was buying under a dollar and, you know, I was buying up into the $2 range. So now I'm, I'm down on this position, but uh, I, I do see it possibly going back down to that one, that 1.2 range. Uh, and if it gets back down there, I'll probably add on, you know, right now we're at 1.32 um, per share. So we shall see. And, uh, you know, I definitely think at some point when we uh, begin recycling more lithium, um, we will be at a spot where this one starts to make a lot more sense and make a lot more money, especially as uh, more EV cars come on the market. And as we've talked before, uh, you know, Elon Musk had wanted to stop mining lithium at some point. Uh, ABML is situated outside of... Uh, a Tesla factory in Nevada. So hopefully they're in a good spot strategically to uh, um, provide these companies with enough li uh, recycled lithium to uh, to fill that need. And so we can stop some of the mining because the, the mining for lithium is a very dirty business. Um, makes a lot of, lot of waste and a lot of uh, environmental problems. So a lot of people want to get away from that. But, um, you know, last time we had talked about having three different reasons to as to why you are buying a stock, um, you know, whether it be a great P.E., a good outlook, um, you know, any any other, you know, man, great management team, any type of different factors to where you can defend why you're buying a name. You know, I don't I don't want to know that uh, someone's buying it because I said it. Or because they heard about it from a friend. Because uh, a lot of times, like if I said, you know, I love Tesla, um, 
you know, it, I'm not saying that at 880, it's a great price point, but uh, I do think it has a lot more upside. Could it fall back down under the, the 700s or even the 600s? Sure, it could, you know, so I don't want you to, to go out on a limb and buy it right here, right now, because, you know, because it's doing well for me. Uh, you know, this this run might run out of steam after we uh, have some numbers come out or any type of negative catalyst. Um, but what I do want you to do and what I want you to be comfortable enough doing is when you have your uh, your three reasons and you know why you want to get into a stock, you set a price. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a price right now uh, as to, you know, I'm buying this you know, at this price that it is today, but set the price to where it uh, is a spot where you're comfortable buying it. Uh, and, you know, after a company like Tesla has had a big run, maybe it's a 15% drop or maybe it's, uh, you know, a smaller drop on a company like Johnson and Johnson, or, you know, it could be Neo when it trends back down to that 33, 34 low. If it finds that number, I'm buying it. Um, but what I, and the, and the reasons I say this is I think a lot of people want to get into these names. They hear something uh, um, from someone that they, they're into it, and then people just blindly buy in. They, they might have a reason as to why they want to buy it, but they're not taking their time and they're not being patient or deliberate about the price point at which they should be buying. Uh, and, you know, if you're a long term holder, uh, the price swings from, you know, month to month right now might not mean much when you look down five years, you know, in five years, is Tesla at 880 going to be a value? I think it is, you know, and like I said, there's there's price targets for five years out that are, you know, in the 3000 range. But short term, you might get discouraged if you buy it at 880 and then it drops to 700. And, you know, it, it just seems like you're burning money. Um, so you also have to have that thesis as to what you're going to do with these names. So like I've said before, have that plan and and wait for your price. Um, you know, like I said earlier with SoFi, I wanted to add, but it didn't get back down to my price. I still have a good amount in SoFi. I'm, I'm not at all upset with the, the position size that I've established in SoFi. Did I want more? Yes, but I'm not going to chase it up to that $21 level right now after a 40% gain. I'm going to let that number come back down to me and I'm going to be ready to buy when that price gets to where I want to buy it. So I don't have remorse over buying at $21, but I will add heavily in the $16, $17 range at this point. Um, because I think, you know, 20%, 30% drop off of this 40% run is possible. Uh, if it doesn't get there, you know, I, I'll probably nibble here and there uh, in smaller increments. Um, but it's not something that I'm going to dump a ton of money into at 21. I might buy, you know, another 5, 10 shares versus if we get, uh, you know, back down to that $16 range and nothing has changed in the news. It's just a bunch of market swings. I will load the boat. You know, it's it's a play that I think will do better in five years. And uh, it's something that I want to have that position in. Um, but, you know, when you look at other companies that are at a good price, you know, when I'm looking at DraftKings right now, 
I think that is a solid entry price. Um, you know, it's got some of that that news, that negative news that brought the price down, and uh, it could be a good spot to buy. So if it's, you know, you've got your three reasons, and the price looks like it's stable or consolidated, it's low, it hasn't just run up a ton. I just want you to know that it's fine to buy it. You don't you don't have, always have to wait if it looks like a solid price to you, and you also you know, if you just watch them forever, you're you're going to miss out on gains. There's always going to be something that is worth buying, especially when you have a watch list of 20 or 30 different names out there. And this is where we can really come together on a Facebook page or in the comments, anything like that, to come up with a uh, a price point or what should we be buying or something to look at. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to buy. Uh, I just want to make sure that when you are ready to buy, that you aren't afraid to pull the trigger on a name that you've looked at. You know, uh, you know, you've you've done your research, you looked it up, you have a, a good plan as to what you're doing with it, and uh, you know, like I said, long term, it might not matter a, a five percent difference of where you bought it, um, but short term, uh, emotionally, one, it will affect you emotionally, and. Especially, you know, if you buy Tesla at eight eighty and it drops two hundred dollars, you're you're gonna feel it emotionally that you you did wrong. Um, long term, probably not. I don't I don't think you will. But if you're going to trade these names, you also need to enter at a perfect spot. Uh, so there there's a lot of different names out there that could be bought today. Some of them are gonna be better in in a month or two. Um, like I said, some of these growth names are rolling back up. And, uh, you know, they might not be a screaming buy anymore, but, uh, if they do come back down to a, uh, a range where you're more comfortable, just don't be afraid to pull the trigger. That's, uh, that's pretty much what I'm getting at out of this one. Um, trust yourself, you know, trust your research, uh, feel free to ask questions in the group or, uh, you know, private message or as someone else that you have a, a good relationship with as to um, investing, you know, talking, investing with someone else, kind of bounce the idea off of someone else if you are stuck on something. But um, as you get, you know, more uh, time under your belt, it will feel e easier to know when to buy or when to add. And uh, it's definitely a lot easier as you're uh, portfolio is more of a solid green because when you first buy, you know, it's going to go negative, it's going to go positive, and it's going to be a lot of back and forth until you get some time to where these these names will take off in the in that green direction that we're hoping for. Uh, but, you know, in that short term, you're, you're going to have that emotional, oh, man, my, my pick is red today. I'm down 4% from where I bought it. You know, what do I do now? So just uh, weigh your options. Uh, you know, feel free to ask the group and uh, we can all look at it together and get a little bit smarter as to um, what the chart says to do, where the, the stock or the industry is going and uh, just want to get out there and, and get better together. So that's what I got for you guys today. Let's get out there and uh, make some smart moves and uh, make some money in this market. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, I will catch you in the next one. Thanks for stopping by. 
please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.